This is the Touchy Subjects Podcast. My name is Erin Billings, and I am your host. On this episode, the touchy subject we're going to discuss is homosexuality. Our panel consists of Gabe Salazar, the Artistic Director of the Gay Men's Chorus of South Florida, Tiffany Feltner, an Arts Administrator from Orlando, and Leo W.T., a seminarian, pastor, podcast and YouTube host, activist, hairdresser, and artist from Olean, New York. Hope you guys enjoy. I'm going to move on to Tiffany. I would like to know, from your perspective, what you would like for Christians to know from the LGBTQ plus community. Yeah, I think, you know, one thing that, or one sort of stereotype that um, is really important, I think, for the church to realize or understand is that, um, you know, we're not, gay people aren't what happens in their bedroom. Um, and and it, there seems to be like this hyper focus on it, and, and especially in the church. And that's really frustrating and upsetting to me personally. Um, I just, I don't understand it. <laughs> um, I, I, I do wish that that is one thing that we can move away from. Oh, that's valid. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I, I, I wish that um, the church could understand and see from a minister's perspective just how badly they can hurt other people around them, especially young people. Um, you know, when, when my wife and I were living in Chattanooga, Tennessee, um, we were ministers uh, over a young adult group. And it was a decent sized young adult uh, group and all of them were LGBT kids. Mm-hmm. And just to hear their stories, just to listen to them and just to feel the, the need that they had for adult interaction that wasn't disapproving. Wow. was uh, crushing. It was crushing at times. And, you know, at that time, if you went back through my Facebook, you'd see me constantly on there just pleading with people, please stop, just pray for these kids. Mm-hmm. They need your prayers. They don't need you to tell them that they're going to go to hell. They don't need to hear about how you're worried they're going to die of AIDS. They, they don't need to, you know, <laughs> uh, they don't need to be disowned by you. They, they really need you. They need you to pray for them. They need you to love them. They need you to reassure them that things are going to be okay. That is one huge thing um, that is very heavy on my heart and has re- remained heavy on my heart since then. Is just how young people are affected by this, um, and I think about you know my grandmother passed away. I, th- I want to say like three days before the Pulse shooting in Orlando happened, and I'll never forget going to her funeral and having to listen to that pastor talk about how those people are going to hell. Oh my gosh. Wow. I just, I'm still kind of speechless about it. I'm still kind of speechless about it because people don't seem to understand that Telling folks they're going to hell isn't going to change them. 
It's going to push um, them. It's going to crush them. <laughs> it's going to crush them. And it's it's just really hard to watch the the church destroy itself over something um, as trivial as um, same sex attraction or gender binary. Uh, <laughs> and I, I don't know. Those are just some thoughts that I have. No, that's. Can I, can I tell you something that I've noticed about you that I love? Um, just following hmm. you on Facebook, I whenever people talk about the LGBTQ community and the church, I always cite you as a reference because you, I have hmm. always admired how you and your wife are so active in ministry as a lesbian couple. And you guys just, you have such, like, I've never met your wife, but I know you, and you have a great spirit about you. And it really, it comes through the screen. And I could tell, even hearing you talk about those kids, you really, like, your heart for ministry is just so good. And I just wanted to share that with you, um, just because I think... People need to hear stories about people in the LGBTQ community serving in church. It is possible. It is possible. And it should happen more. Just by two cents. Um, no, I agree. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you have Bishop Megan Rohr, who was just um, who was just ordained in the Lutheran Church of America, who was the first um, transgendered bishop to be ordained ever. Uh, she was ordained just recently um, i've been I've been trying so hard to get her on my podcast. Uh, but actually, I believe. <laughs> pronouns are they them i believe but they are um non-binary i believe so uh but bishop in the lutheran church of america and like ordained like it's not an anomaly for queer people to be involved in church it's only evangelicals that think it's an anomaly it's a very clear distinction that it bothers me all the time in conversation because we've always been here and we've always been queer it's just this very small very loud minority who says we don't exist we, but we've always been here like there are so many worship leaders that I have interacted with that were gay men. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> right? Exactly. I was laughing when you said that. I was dying when you said that. I was like, of course. Of course. <laughs> I won't mention the name of the school that some of us went to, but if they want to find some gay worship leaders. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say there was a solid amount of Nyack College worship leaders that were <laughs> LGBTQ men. That's all I'm saying, and I love them dearly. But I'm putting their name on blast right now at my college, so they, I'm already on the, I'm already on the do not invite to homecoming list. <laughs> it's okay. So Leo, let's go ahead and pass that same question on to you. What would you like for Christians to know from the LGBTQ plus community? Like, look, here's the thing is that 
I, I'm currently working on a book um, with the title Queering Church. And they, my thesis is that the church, has, Christianity, uh, th this religion that we have, are all a part of, has always been queer from the outset. It was originally practiced in decentralized locations, in homes, on altars, in people's fields, um, as as and where people felt the spirit. Like the, the foundations of the church are queer. The church mm -hmm. and antiquity and, and Christianity and Judaism antiquity in antiquity did not condemn LGBTQ people. So there's a fundamental flaw in our theology that has created toxic cycles of theology that come out and that make people think this is a new phenomenon. But eunuchs were in the Bible. Queer love was in the Bible. Like it's written into the text. You know what I mean? And I, I'm incredibly passionate about pointing that out because I've come to a place in my life where my relationship with with divinity is amazing. I am more whole and self-actualized than I've ever been, and I hardly ever go to church, but I will fight to the death for the fact that if people want to go to church, they've always belonged there. Leo, I've been on a lot of that same journey that, that you've been on. Uh, yeah. In, in rec recognizing that the, that the uh, foundation of our faith is very different from what we practice now in evangelical Christianity. Um, <laughs> and it's just been, it, it, it's been eye-opening to really see it that way and to yeah. see it for what it is. I always yeah. tell people that my favorite church service is family dinner, <laughs> you uh, know, <laughs> yeah. because it's the most important church service to me. And, uh, you know, I, uh, Ashley and I, we don't really attend a church right now, but we absolutely have church every weekend with our closest friends. Exactly. And it's important to us. And that's how we yep. worship God. I love it. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm currently pursuing a, working towards a PhD in queer theology because I believe that it's important that people understand that that's a thing. Like mm -hmm. queer theology, womenist theology, theology, liberation theology is in the text. Man. It's not mm -hmm. a reach. Like you don't even have to, you don't even have to go really into a lot of exegesis to find this stuff in there. Like the minorities and the poor and the outcasts and the widows and the orphans, that's where you go to find church not where you go to take the word of God. God's already there. Like, if you're not there, you miss the boat. Ooh, amen. <laughs> Sorry. There's like there's a preacher coming out of me right that. now. I want to go to your church. I will. Let me ask you a question, Leo. With, with, with yeah. you are very forward thinking in your theology. I, I wonder how many trolls you get. Like 45,000 on my last TikTok video. I'm just saying. My my wife posted, what in the Alabama? How did people find this post? <laughs> uh, I get a ton of trolls. I... I get like death threats. Uh, my business was vandalized in my town. The window what? was smashed in. Uh, it's it's absurd, but my family has so deeply embraced me um, that this is a journey we go on together. And they, my children and my wife have been the most supportive people in my life when those haters do arise because they rise regularly. Um, I'm involved in local politics. I'm involved in local religious movements. I, um, I run a digital a digital church community called Conversations Official. Like, 
I'm just going to keep putting it out there and you control me. But like, it's almost like taking candy from a baby at this point, because like people wander on here and they're like, have you read Leviticus 18? And I'm like, what language you prefer that I quote it to you in? You know what I mean? Like there's an assumption that I don't know what I'm talking about. No, I'm like, no, I will best you. Like I got Greek and Hebrew on my knuckles. Let's play. (laughs) I I just wondered because I mean, I know I I had a conversation with another person who runs a digital create and creative account. And she was Mm -hmm. telling me that the trolls were just out to get her yesterday. And I'm like, if, if she has them, then I know that (laughs) he's got to have them. Uh, Yes. (laughs) They're all up in there. (laughs) Jesus. Okay. So I actually got called a tranny recently, so you'll notice in the background I have my little uh, biography that's called Tranny. It's about Laura uh, Laura uh, Jane Grace, who's a, like a punk rock musician. So I, ever since people started hurling the T word at me, I just kept it right in the background Petty. there. Petty. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Every okay. day, bro. So my last question for all of you: this is some. This is a segment that I do in every episode. Is the ish that Christians should stop? saying it can be on any topic i think that christians really need to get off of the love the sin or hate the sin trend because i am gay whether or not i'm sleeping with anybody right i am queer whether or not i'm wearing nail polish and asymmetrical earrings or not it's an immutable part of my personality that i know is not changeable because i certainly tried right and when you say love the sin or hate the sin you're not drawing the delineation you think you are. It's if you say if you say hate the sin, you're saying hate the the person when it comes to being LGBTQ. This is not a decision I made. My eyes, I didn't make a choice to watch that girl walk in front of me, right? I am a queer person. I exist. Whether or not I'm sleeping with anybody, it doesn't change that. And it doesn't change my my relationship or my relational stance with divinity, whether or not I'm having gay sex, <laughs> like, like God loves me and, and God made me, you know what I mean? In Proverbs, it says above all else, guard your heart for it is the wellspring of life. And I will fiercely guard my heart because that is when I am most alive is when Absolutely. I am being myself. And when I am most effective as a pastor is when I am operating out of the authenticity of my identity and calling. And I can't operate out of the authenticity of my identity and calling if I try to disavow my queerness. I actually quit my last paid pastoral gig because there was an LGBTQ person in the college group that I was pastoring out. And I literally could not speak truth to them because... I was bound by this denomination. And I, I I realized that I had to guard my heart and that I had to be able to live into the fullness of the ministry that I was called to. And that involved me being passionately open about who I am, whether or not I'm kissing anybody. So you can't say love the sin or hate the sin. It would be the same as love the believer, hate the belief. It doesn't work. It's a logical fallacy and it's it, it is it is psychologically That's traumatizing. Well said. Uh Tiffany, mm-hmm. do you have any uh sure. things that uh Christian should stop saying? Ah, so many. Um <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't know. I, I have a tendency to think that when uh, Christians are in the presence of marginalized people, they should just be Ooh. more quiet in general. <laughs> like, just stop them. Snaps all around. <laughs> Um, I mean, you know, it's just, it's just sometimes it, sometimes it's okay to be quiet and, and, and that needs to be okay. So that's all I would say. That's facts. Okay. Gabe, I'm coming back to you. Did you come up with anything? I mean, I guess it's on a specific word. I think it's what we talked about earlier, just the words that come out of people's mouths, especially in the church. And when I thought about that, it comes to, um, masculinity, um, how, how guys are supposed to act in the church. Um, I remember I was working at a very large mega church in the Chicago area. And this pastor is extremely influential or was, um, and I was leading a song and he stopped like in the middle of the 7,000 auditorium, we read the sound check and he pulled me aside and he said, you're singing too feminine. Can you butch it up, please? And like just the idea that men are supposed to be a certain way and women are supposed to be a certain way. And that that's the mold that we have to fit into that. It's just what he said was so damaging to me and still affects me to this day. And, you know, sometimes, even though I'm out and I'm proud, sometimes I'll go into a situation and I'm like, and I'll, I'll catch myself like, you know, trying not to raise my voice so high or, or not say yes or, or stuff. That's just me. I have to like censor myself. And that's because of the, the stereotypes that the church puts on us and the pressures that they put on males and females. And so that would be my thing that I would say. The church needs a real revamp of their understanding of gender roles because gender is not a scientific concept and gender is not an immutable biological trait. Yet we ha harbor these ideas of men of man of God and woman of God. But what what are you saying when you say that? Because like David was a man after God's own heart. Do we really want to go into David's biography? Like do we really? So how are you defining biblical man and biblical woman? Like that makes me laugh because these are not immutable traits. And mm -hmm. in antiquity we already understand that the way that they dealt with gender in antiquity was inequitable and downright unjust. So we we do, we have to relook at that because like you are a man if you are a man and whatever you are as a man, that's what biblical manhood is. Like, don't butch it up. Don't ever butch it up. You know what I mean? And you're still the person of God that you were made to be. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. No, I... This is such a, it's a touchy subject and it's mm -hmm. something that needs to be addressed because like Tiffany was saying, there's a lot of young people out there that are being affected from, you know, their early teen years. Even, I would even venture to say even childhood years. Um, I know people that mm -hmm. they were told that they were gay from, you know, six years old just because they had feminine tendencies. And so that just, so, you know, it's, it's just, the church does need to, they need a rebranding on this topic and, and yes, it, it needs to happen soon. It, it really does. Um, and it, but it, it not only needs to be a rebranding, but it needs to be a heart brand. Like it, it needs to be a heart change. Um, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A revival. It, 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 something's got to happen. And, you know, with this Pray Away documentary that's coming out on Netflix, I mean, that trailer, Gabe showed it to me last week, and I was like almost in tears. It's, mm-hmm. it's just, I, I hope that people watch it and they get a heart for this topic. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm interested to see how the uh, the church reacts to this. If they're gonna gonna just ignore it, or they're gonna go completely against it and make a big fuss. I'm calling a boycott. I I not I won't call a boycott myself, but I think that they will call a boycott of of Netflix. I just want to say thank you to our panelists for sharing your hearts with us. And I want to say thank you to everyone out there listening for joining us on the Touchy Subjects podcast. Make sure you tune in to our next episode where we discuss PK life. And for those of you that don't know what PK stands for, it's Pastor's Kid. There will be some very entertaining stories told on the next episode, so you don't want to miss it. Check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Let's Talk Touchy Subjects. Thanks again for listening. Have a good one.